Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. chapter 1 beginning in verse 13 for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible or the thrones of or powers, or rulers, or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. 
He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have his supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. According to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? We are punished just, justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. This man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. Please be seated. and peace be to you from God our Father 
and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. This is our text. We can all think of the image of a battle of some sort, a battle in which a king goes before his troops to win the victory. This is the stuff of fictional battles, as in the Lord of the Rings, where Aragorn leads the defense of Minas Tirith in the battle of the Pelennor Fields against the Dark Lord Sauron. The king goes before his troops to win the victory. We can, call, we can also recall significant battles that turn the course and tide of history. This is the stuff, stuff of epic stories. And perhaps you may think of a battle like the Battle of Thermopylae, where the 300 uh, heroic Greek Spartans, led by King Leonidas, were able to resist King Xerxes and the Persian army against all odds. Or the Battle of the Catalonian Fields, where the Roman general... Flavius Aetius was able to decisively defeat an invasion of the Roman Empire led by Attila the Hun. Or the Battle of the Bulge, the last major German offensive against the United States in World War II, and the third most bloody battle fought by the United States in history. The king goes before his troops to win the victory. We also see these kinds of battles in Scripture. Throughout God's word, we witness many battles where King David defends the kingdom of Israel against the Canaanites. The countries of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, Amalek, and Syria all fall to David. We witness one battle in 2 Samuel where David's army strikes down 22,000 Syrians and brings a decisive defeat to Damascus. The king goes before his troops to win the victory. But a greater king has come. In Psalm 46, we learn Christ is the king that goes before us onto the battlefield. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. Jesus is the king who has gone before us to win the victory. The victory over the power of sin, the victory over the power of the devil, and even victory over the power of death itself. He is the king who brings the victory, as Luther writes in the second verse of A Mighty Fortress. With might of ours cannot be done. Soon were our loss affected, but for us fights the valiant one, whom God himself elected, 
you ask, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, the Almighty Lord, and there is no other God. He holds the field forever. The king goes before his troops to win the victory. No, we cannot win this battle. We need a king. Christ has come before us to be that very king, to be the king that brings the victory. And we can trust that Christ is our king because Jesus, as the pre-incarnate word, is before the creation of the world so that we can trust in his power. And as a result, Jesus is before all allegiances in our lives so that we live on a firm foundation. And that because Jesus is our king, he goes before us to win the victory. Victory now and on the last day. Both now and word and sacrament in which he gives to us the forgiveness of sins and not yet. For only on the last day will we see our Lord face to face. Jesus, as the pre-incarnate word, is before the creation of the world so that we can trust in his power. Paul, in very clear terms, confesses Jesus is the God of Israel here in Colossians. He is the image of the invisible God. And this means in the clearest terms that Jesus is the God of Israel made flesh for us. He existed before the foundation of the world. And because he is before all things, we can trust that he can do all things for us. Our God is a good and gracious God. We trust that he'll provide everything that we need to support this body and life. That regardless of the economic circumstances around us, whether the price of food or the price of fuel, our Lord Jesus Christ will take care of us. And when we're in that battle of faith, our King will guard and defend us against every evil. You know, God has a proven track record on this. We look to the book of Exodus to see God delivering Israel out of slavery in the land of Egypt. We see God deliver Israel in the time of Judges again and again out of the hands of the Canaanites. We see God in the reign of King David give David victory after victory after victory. And God being faithful to Judah, even allowing Judah to return to the Holy Land, even when Judah was unfaithful to him. You know, think of all the dark situations God's people found themselves in. Slavery, under assault, famine, death. And if our Lord delivered Israel from all of these dark situations, how much more is our Lord faithful to us? You know, and we can be in some pretty dark situations. The death of a loved one, a painful divorce, the loss of employment. You know, all these can cause us to question God's goodness. But when we look at God's proven track record, fear not. For not even death can defeat our God. Jesus' power is greater than all of the pains and sorrows of this world. He is God. Jesus is the king that goes before his troops to win the victory. And because we know that not even death can defeat our God, this moves us to confess our allegiance to Jesus. Jesus is before all allegiances so that we rest 
on a firm foundation in him. I mean, think of all the things that you've pledged loyalty to in your life. And maybe you could put things, those things on a list, and maybe you can even start writing those things on the back of your bulletin as a list here or in your head. Okay? Things such as our country or our family. Or maybe we've pledged our loyalty to a sports team, you know, like I'm a Cubs fan and a Bears fan. And I'm sorry, Pastor Copen, you know, Cardinals fan over here, you know. Sorry, all the Cardinals fans, but Cubs fans. You know, or maybe we've pledged our loyalty to a, a political party or an ideology. And maybe, maybe when you're making up this list or if you're writing it down, maybe you've placed on that list Jesus as number one on the list. But the thing is, is that when you've placed Jesus as number one on the list, we have failed the test. Jesus does not belong on this list. Jesus is before all things. Jesus is before the list. And when we place Jesus on the list, the problem is, is that we can negotiate up and down where Jesus is on the list. In any given situation, Jesus and his word becomes negotiable. And everything that we place before Jesus, that becomes an idol in our lives. And I want to give one example here is to think about it, is to think about family. You know, we have, all, we have at times considered our loyalty to our family more important to Jesus. You know, for instance, when we do not say uh, God's word to a family member when they need to hear it. But what does Jesus say about those who place family above loyalty to him? From Luke chapter 12, Jesus says here, Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, one in one house, there will be five divided, three against two and two against three they will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus is before all things, before family, before sports, before politics. When we put Jesus before the list, all of our loyalties and responsibilities fall where they must. And when put in their proper place, none of those loyalties can become an idol because Jesus reigns over the entire list. He gives us a firm foundation to navigate all the loyalties that seek to become idols in our lives. Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Through Christ and Christ alone and nothing else do we receive our security, meaning, and purpose in life. And when we find uh, this security, meaning, and purpose in life, we find it here in worship. In worship, Jesus goes before us to win the victory. Victory now and victory on the last day. The humble king comes to us in humble means. He comes today through the preaching of his word, where God has given to you his word through the voice of your pastor. 
He calls you by the gospel and enlightens you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The message of the king has gone out as Isaiah proclaims. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And it is not only in preaching here that you are given God's grace and forgiveness, but we also have the sacrament of the altar. In the bread and the wine, Jesus is before our faces physically in the sacramental union, his body and blood in, with, and under the bread and the wine. And as you eat the body and blood of your king, you are given the forgiveness of all of your sins. He declares to you today, as he spoke to the crowds that mocked and jeered him and crucified him, he gives you these words that you are forgiven. And he gives you the words to the thief on the cross. You will be with me in paradise. This is the power of God's word to transform lives, to bring life out of death, to bring light out of darkness. Through the power of the cross, he brings words of forgiveness. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And the resurrection brought vindication to Christ's message that everything Jesus said is true. The resurrection was the greatest triumph of our king over the power of our enemies, the power of sin, the power of the devil, and even over the power of death itself. And when we look forward with hope that our king will return, we look forward to that hope, a sure and certain hope given to us by the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will come to judge the living and the dead, and that we will see veiled by, you know, right now, we can't see it because it is veiled by the world, the devil, and our own sinful flesh, but it will be revealed on the last day. And on the last day, Jesus will take care of sin and evil once and for all. He will bring evil to account, to bring justice and to give justice, and to receive all who believe in him into the new creation with him. Our king will rule forever. Jesus is the king that goes before his troops to win the victory. The battle is now. It is darkest before light. We are in a pitched battle with the forces of darkness. But they know in the end that they have lost. They seek to do as much damage as they possibly can. So put on the armor of God. But you can know for certain that Christ has given you his peace now, through the blood, his blood on the cross. This peace came at the price of the death of the Son of God. Christ came to bring to us the victory. And we know that this victory is certain because Jesus, as the pre-incarnate word, is before the creation of the world so that we can trust in his power to change any life circumstance. This certainty moves us to confess our allegiance to him so that we can live firmly on the foundation of God's word. Jesus goes before us to win the victory, victory now and on the last day. The king goes before his troops to win the victory. 
Christ has gone before us to endure death so that we might live forever. Trust in Christ our King. He has given to us victory, victory over the power of sin, victory over the power of the devil, and victory over even death itself forever and ever. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.